Have you ever been so unhappy that you've used food and sleep to escape? That was me a few years ago. I was so unhappy with my job and my life as a whole that I used to pretty much set an alarm for just before 5pm every single day, just before my lovely wife Zainab would come home and I would literally rush out of bed, do the dishes and pretend like I'd been up for the entire day. The most visible aspect of this was my weight. Weighing in at over 80 kilos and on the brink of being obese, it's fair to say I wasn't exactly in the best shape of my life. So I took action and I addressed what I thought was the easiest thing to do, and that was the weight. So I began going to a gym, and I now have a job that I absolutely love. However, in the process of losing all that weight, my mindset changed. A combination of my desire to ensure that nobody ever goes through what I've been through, and my own love for cars, I present to you the Behind the Wheel podcast, a place to occasionally hear from people who work with and or own some pretty cool cars, to hear how they've got to where they are in the pursuit of inspiring you to take the steps you need to build a life based on your passion. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast, the combination and brainchild of my huge love for cars and the desire to ensure that nobody ever goes through what I've been through. I am so, so happy to welcome Jason Cunningham to the podcast today. He is a multi-business owner, a serial entrepreneur. Jason started working at 14, doing a paper round, earning a whopping £5.50 for delivering 180 papers, before working at Asda, stacking shelves and manning the checkouts. As life progressed, Jason started a career in double blazing in sales. And at the age of 19, he was the number one branch manager in the company out of 88 branches. Life was good for Jason, being so young and earning good money. He took his first step into buying sports cars. First came to Porsche at 20, followed by a Ferrari 360 Spider at 21. But in 2008, the recession hit hard. The company he was working for went bust and Jason was out of a job. He had no option but to go bankrupt. For the next few years, he worked at double glazing before moving on to solar panels. Solar panels was a time in his life of regrets and it ended badly. He was prosecuted and sent to prison for a short time. Jason pretty much walked out of prison with £110 to his name and no idea what he wanted to do. Knowing that he was no longer employable to any business, he was lucky enough that he had bought a Rolex in the past. So after the pawn shop, he went, sold it and started to buy and sell second-hand cars. He did that successfully for six or seven months, but it wasn't really going to give him the life he wanted. So in 2017, Jason researched property, and that's what he chose to do. He bought a business in a box estate agency and self-managed journey in property. Running, running an estate agent, it started well, but again, it just, it just didn't produce the money he wanted or the income. So he started looking at property strategies, rent-to-rent, service accommodation, HMOs, property developments, and many, many, many others. And pretty much soon, he had a property and business empire. The rest is history. Jason is quite frankly a real rags to riches and rags again and then riches story. At just 33, Jason genuinely believes there is nothing in life he hasn't been through and fought tooth and nail, including struggling at school, being dyslexic, marriage, kids, bankruptcy, divorce, and of course, prison. Jason Cunningham, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. Jason, first and foremost, where are you? I'm in Portugal at the moment, Villa Moura, 
overlooking Villamora Marina. That is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I always ask this question, but... God, blimey, it just looks phenomenal. Um, Jason, I want to ask this first, um, and it's a question I ask everyone uh, initially, which is um, your dream five-car garage, Jason. What would that look like? Well, I'm nearly there. So, obviously, a Lamborghini was was one of them. So, I'm onto my third yeah. Lamborghini at the moment. I've got a Hurricane Evo as it stands. I've always wanted a Bentley Continental GT. So, yeah. yesterday, I bought one, a Continental uh, GTC. Um, then, obviously, because I've had kids as well, I've always wanted a 4x4. So, I wanted a Porsche. So, now I've got a Porsche KN as well. Then I think if I was going to go, I'd have to go two old school cars, maybe a Ford Mustang or a Shelby yeah. GT or something. A couple of old school cars just to, just to finish it off would be the yeah. ideal yeah. garage combo. <laughs> it sounds phenomenal. It's funny because whenever I ask people this, they always have like a little variety of stuff from America, bit of classic and obviously the modern stuff as well. Uh, it's glad to see that you've got, got that kind of mixture as well. Jason, um, tell us your story. When does it all start for you? Well, it all, so obviously, I, as you just explained in the opening paragraph, I've been through, been through a lot. Um, but it's all about just focusing and carrying on and, and just having the right mindset. Lots of people struggle to get the right mindset to do something. They, they, they don't put their all into it. So they think that for instance, going to prison and coming out, you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do. And it's just having that mindset where you can achieve anything as long as you put the work in. Lots of people ask me daily, what is that I do? How do I do it? How have I become so successful at doing it? And it's just because I outwork every single one else that's in the industry. But those people don't see that. What they see sometimes is just the glamorous stuff, the good lifestyle, the stuff you want to show on Instagram. They don't see the days and the nights, the early starts, the late finishes of doing all the work behind the scenes to make it to make it possible. And that and that's what people don't understand is they want everything. They want those five car garages, but they don't know how, how to get there. And what they've got to understand is whatever industry you're in, you've got to work harder and better than uh, than everyone else. So so no matter what I've done doing the paper round, I was made sure that I was smacking that out of it at 14, making sure all those papers were delivered quickly and efficiently. I normally had my friends help me as well so we could do it in double the time. Then obviously spreading the money out that way. And it's the same now. It's just making sure you get to, to where you need to be in matter what you do, just being better and faster and easier than everyone else is doing. Where does, where does that work ethic come from, Jason, for you? I don't know. So I think what happened was because I struggled at school, so I'm dyslexic, I had ADHD, I found lots of stuff hard, but if I was good at it, I then enjoyed it and, and succeeded at it. So one thing I've always done is made money or know how to make money, enjoy making money. So it's just then doing more than everyone else. People get tired. But are you really tired? Or can you keep going? Most people go partying at weekends at 18, 19. Most people were out clubbing every day. I wasn't. I was busy working. And I, I look back now and speak to my friends now, and they see the difference of they were partying between 18 and 21, and I was working hard, 
to buy things. I, I can remember the day that I took delivery of my Ferrari at 21, rang my friend, said, just bought a Ferrari, come round and see it. They actually all thought I was joking. Then it turned up and it was the difference between them going out every Saturday night and Friday night drinking and me working every Friday and Saturday. So I think just from a, a young age, it was just just outworking everyone was is, is the way to be. And if you look at most successful people, you don't find someone that's lazy that's successful. They're, they're, whatever industry they're in, they're always the best or working harder than the last person to be successful. So what, to what degree um, did the people around you and the people you chose to keep around you and, and still do keep around you, to what degree are they important in your life or not important? Because I know that people often have the wrong people around them as well. Uh, has that been quite an important, important factor for you? Yeah, so it's always surrounding yourself. You, everyone says it. it. You're always the people that you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with the five millionaires, you become the sick. And if you actually look at that, it is it is true. I only hang around with people that now have the same amount of money or more money than me because I, it, it's hard to go socialising with people that um, – complain if a, a, a bill is £100 or can't afford £100. There's nothing wrong that you can't afford that, but if they can only afford a £100 mill, they hang around with people that can afford a £100 mill. And if you can afford a £1,000 mill, you hang around with people that can afford a £1,000. And it's just a different world of the different people that you that you put your circles into. If you hang around with four lazy people that go to the pub every Friday night, well, you'll be the fifth person at the pub every Friday night. And if you start hanging out with people that are working on Friday night, you'll be working and then you, you drive it on. You look at running, for instance, running is a huge popular activity and you don't find many single solar runners around. If you look at major towns, you see normally a group of people running because they're all running together. They're all on the same journey. They're all trying to achieve the same thing. It's very rare or odd that you find that one runner just running on its own. You normally find a group and the same with cycling. Sometimes you find cyclists, but they're on their own. But mainly, they're in groups and all doing the all doing the same thing because that's it's the same sort of thing. They're all going in the right direction. So to to do that, you need to surround yourself with with good people. No, definitely, definitely. Um, something that really fascinates me, Jason, I, I I cannot get my head over this. Is you are someone who perhaps got everything quite early on, and you were quite successful early on, and then you lost it all. Um, what was that? What was that like? And and sort of help us kind of picture that kind of moment of realizing it's all going downhill. So the way I think is, you live for today, you live for the moment, and if as long as you've got good health, you're alive and you're breathing, anything's achievable. So losing a Ferrari at twenty one, going bankrupt, it's a bit of metal. It's a bit of metal. There's money in the bank that's gone. It's not, you're still alive. You can still, you can still thrive. You can still get on. And it's just having that mindset. Lots of people, when they lose stuff, they go through divorce or their business collapse. To them, that's the, that's the end. Well, actually, it's, it's the start. If you actually look at the positive, it's the start of something new. The end's gone where most people get brought into that. That's the end. And it's a downward spiral instead of thinking more positively and going, okay, it's the actual, the start of something new. Let's, Let's see it as new. And I've always just set myself that, okay, well, I've done it before. I could do it again. I can just keep going. Lots of people ask me, how can you afford a Lamborghini? Anyone can afford a Lamborghini. You just got to put the effort into 
in to get it, then make it happen and just drive it forward. And when you're having those bad days, it's remembering what you're going for, what you're, what you're starting to, to chase. So it, do, it doesn't matter today if I lost everything today. Tomorrow I'd go again with the same enthusiasm that I've had for the last few years to, to get it all back again. Yeah. And that, that kind of mindset, is that something which has been cultivated over time for you or is that just you naturally as a person? I just think, I think it's all come from working. So all the jobs I've ever had have all only been commission only. So I've never had, apart from working at Asda, was the only paid job. So from then on, it was always, I had to go and make money. I had to go and do deals. I had to, I had to make it. So it was the industries that I chose. It was, you have to do it. Or if I don't do it, I'm going to make no money. And if I want to make more money, I'll work harder. And lots of people today, maybe yourself, if I said to you, okay, go work in your job, you're getting no money unless you do X amount of stuff. People will, one, either say, I'm not doing it and quit right there and go get another job. Or they'll go, challenge accepted, let's go, I'll make more money. And that's, and that's, what, it comes, that's what it comes down to. And I think from such a young age at 18, being on commission only and knowing that I need to make money or I can't pay my bills has drove me on. So now is is the same. So I don't look at now that I need to make money. I look at well, let's do deals and make and make money. That happens. It's a byproduct of of doing the deals that so drives me on on that way. And it's just training your mindset to, to to do so. Mindset is a massive thing with anything you do especially in business as well or just in general life like we were talking before we went on camera about losing weight but as soon as you set your light your mindset to that well then funny enough that you can achieve it and you then get on with it and and you start doing it then once you do that you've got positive outlook and you want to help other people do the same and it just drives you on and on and on to do more i think um i think one of the things that you know um i'm, I'm trying to kind of put out there is that we need to be willing to go into places that make us that make us feel uncomfortable, um, that make us feel like we are not really going to be happy here. But ultimately, it's putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations that actually allows you to progress and develop the skills that you need to progress in life. And I think um, I think for you, I guess you chasing after you could argue commission only jobs is actually put you in, in, a, in an uncomfortable place and forced you to actually do what you need to do to actually earn that money? Well, yeah, because you don't know at the end of the month whether you've got, you've earned enough money to pay your bills. Yeah, you know, yeah. So you have to just keep yeah. working and keep working and working to make sure. And because you're on commission in sales, you can, you can lose money if deals fall out and cancel and stuff like that. So you just got to keep going. And keep working and not celebrate that you've made X amount of money. You need to make double that because in a few months time you might have a downturn. So you just need to keep going. Yeah, and that's yeah. And that's what it's all about. Um, I want to I want to touch on um, on 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 dyslexia, and I think um, I mean you know, there's there's so many entrepreneurs I can think of who have who have dyslexia and who've managed to still build huge empires. You know, um, still managed to get to get through life and achieve so much success. To what degree has dyslexia had an impact on your life, Jason? Well, as long as we're not having a spelling test, we're, we're all good. <laughs> so, um, spelling, emails, reading is difficult. But 
you just learn to adapt. And obviously, as technology is adapted, now obviously speaking to my phone to spell things. But the thing is, I don't know how to spell the word in the first place. So even when I speak and it then corrects it, well, I don't know if that's right or wrong. It just looks a bit better than the one that I tried. It's obviously difficult yeah. to get to when you're writing and reading emails. But fundamentally, it's just it's just learning and adapting different ways to deal with things. So instead of the biggest heart of the problem I have is concentrating on reading a massive... If you sent me a letter today, for instance, you sent me an email before with all the stuff that you were going to ask me today. That was too long for me to read, so I didn't even read it. So... Yeah. Yeah. When it, when stuff's too long, I don't want to do it. And that, and it just comes from, from the same as business. And stuff I don't want to do, I just now offset that to someone else's task to read documents, to do all that, then basically tell me what what it is that I need to know from that. So it's just learning and adapting. And, and people deal with it in different ways. Like you won't find me writing you a letter uh, because it's because one, you won't, you'll read it and you'll think, what the hell am I talking about? I'd rather just pick up the phone and speak yeah. to you and say, this is... Yeah, this is yeah. the this is what the score is. So it all it all comes from on, on where you struggle and and on that. But there's so many different ways around it. Like my kids have got it. My kids, my my daughter's got. She's dyslexic, and now when she gets sent homework home, uh, eleven years old, and I'm reading the English homework, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know what a pronoun is, a noun this this is because because I don't. But you just have to learn yeah. to adapt and. And get over that it's just another challenge in life. Anything in life is always a challenge. You've just got to get around it one way or another. And if, if you allow that challenge to stop you, then, then what? You're only restricting yourself to what you can achieve. Yeah, I think it's so true. I mean, um, you, you mentioned there about, you know, uh, working through. And, I mean, to, to what degree has uh, a passion and enjoyment in what you do played a role in your success? Massively. As soon as you enjoy something, the struggles go out the window. If I have to read a document about buying a property, for instance, if I have to read that, then I'll read it because it's something that I need to do to make sure it's right. If someone sends me something to read because they're trying to sell me something, well, I've got no interest in reading it because I don't, I don't want to, I don't need to do that. So, it all comes when you need to do something, you go that extra step, like we've said, to do it, even though it's hard. And if it's that hard, I can get someone else to read it if I can't. There's always words in some paragraph that I can't read. And it's quite easy to ask someone, what does this mean? What does this? And, and it's just adapting and, and not being embarrassed at 34 years old now. If I have to ask someone to spell me a word, I ask them to spell me a word or to, to read something. There's no shame in it to do it. Yeah, and You just have to you just have to adapt and, and find a way around it. But it helps when you're passionate and you're driven in what you do and what you want to do. And so what I do now is I try and read a lot more than I used to. I probably only read my first book three years ago, completely cover to cover. Now I'm actually on holiday. I bought a book with me. I've been here four days. I haven't read it yet. I only read a page, but I will, I will start to read more now as I get older and, and, yeah. and try and learn more as well. And um, in, in terms of, you know, for those people who are, who are not sure, right. What is their passion? What are they really interested in? I mean, from, from, from your story, um, 
and from what you know and from what you've discovered about other people, um, what would be your advice, Jason, for those people who don't know what their passion is and, 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 and how to go about finding that thing that they're really, really passionate about? That's a good question because most people's passion comes down to money. They want money and they want freedom where they don't understand that money is, is, is worthless. It's not actually what drives you on. I don't wake up every day and think, oh, money gives me the passion. Money is the byproduct of the cars, the holiday, the time, the freedom and stuff like that. So when you're looking to find your passion, you've got to actually look at what, in, what actually do you get excited about? What do you look at? And, and what and what is it you want to do? And that and money is the byproduct of that. Do you want to get into marketing because you enjoy doing posts and social media and stuff? Do you want to be a YouTuber because you like doing videos and stuff like that? And, and people just have to you just have to find exactly what you enjoy doing, and then can you monetize that and turn that into a business or to make money from it? Lots of people do nine till five because. That's all they do. They do nine to five. They go to the pub when they get home and that's it. And they, and they switch off where there's people out there that have a passion for something, but they don't know how to make it into money. The first thing you've got to do is get that passion for something, then start doing it, then work out how you can make money from that passion afterwards. You've got to enjoy what you do first. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I think, I think as a society and as, as a culture, I think we have things the wrong way around. We put money above passion and happiness. And actually what ends up happening is you end up doing a job that you absolutely hate, living paycheck to, paycheck to, to, to paycheck, hating what you do, um, and ending up in unhappiness and perhaps an unfulfilled me, life. Lots of people ask me if money brings happiness, and it does, but it also doesn't because it just gives you time to do, it buys you time to do what you want when you want. But if you haven't got friends to do the things with, it's quite lonely to have to have money but not have the friends to enjoy the social aspect of, of having that. So it buys you a lot of time to do it as well, but money doesn't necessarily bring you happiness you need fulfillment in in your other passions to, to do that i have passions for cars and, and and stuff like that that's why i buy them and that's why i drive them and, and use them because that's what that's what excites me not being able to go on holiday every week for the rest of the year because it gets boring after a while yeah yeah um obviously um for you you obviously um uh you 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 focus heavily on 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 property. I think um, why property and why do you think that you know people should perhaps take a bit bit more of an interest in in that as a as a potential um, as a potential source of income. So how it come about is obviously. All the industries that I've been in before, double glazing, solar panels, is all related around a, a house. And obviously, I, I looked to set up an estate agent because I thought, well, there's money in houses. There's got to be they make money. That's got to be it's got to be a way to do it. And if you actually research, most millionaires all come through real estate or property. 
So to make money is, is being an industry where there's money to be made. You look at what's happened over the last year, obviously you've had coronavirus that's still going on now. And the biggest industry that's booming for out of that still is property. And he, even if property has a downturn, history tells us it will always go back up. So it's a safe industry to be in. And I kind of just stumbled across property sourcing and finding investment properties for for my clients. And it just it just rolled into making more money and more money and more money. I didn't think four years ago I'd be sat where I am now doing what I'm doing, but it just carried on it carried on going and and it comes back to outworking everyone else. Most people will work and make X amount of money, for instance, and and stop because they'd be happy with that. Where I just keep going and keep going and keep going because I have got no I've got no stop limit. There's no money in the bank hit the limit let's just yeah. keep going because one day it's one day is going to be an end so you may as well just carry on going till that till that happens yeah yeah and how do you um how do you balance everything in terms of you know obviously this relentless drive to be you know, the best at what you possibly do with things like you know you mentioned you, you know your 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 kids there and how do you find that kind of balance? Is there a balance? Yeah, so balance is key. So you have to have time off. You have to relax. You have to you have to, to get away from, from what you're doing. And that's why I like to spend time on holiday because it gets me away from the nine to five of, of being in it full time, getting away. I can still work, but I'm not fully into, into work being away. Um, my rule is I, I don't work weekends when I have my kids. It's one of the things that I don't do. I don't work when they're around. If they come at half terms or summer holidays, I don't I don't work when they're around. And that's just what, what I teach myself not to do. Like work can wait when when kids when kids are about. So it's just getting to that stage where you know when to switch off. And what happens with lots of people, they get burnout because they work so much on their side hustle. And they get to a stage where they're physically exhausted. Their brain doesn't come. Where sometimes it's good to take a whole weekend off. Don't pick up your phone. Don't do anything. Don't do any work. Don't focus on the side thing. And just chill out and, and, and do something. And never, if you're focusing on something else, it's always remember your partner or your kids that they're not on the same journey as you mentally and, and focus on it. And you have to make time for them as well. Because there's been so many times where in... Like I see relationships of, of a successful person focusing on something and they forget about their partner that's that's not on the same path. So you have to take time out from that to make sure you're focused on them as well as as what you do as a as a business to to make sure everyone has has time and you need time yourself to to chill out. And if you don't, you will you will burn out and your your results will actually start going down after they peaked and you won't know why. It's because you physically can't do anymore. And you're so overtired from doing it, you you don't know, you don't know how to get yourself out of the rut. Then you start blaming everyone else, and it's everyone else's fault. Where in fact, if you took a weekend off, went to sleep, and woke up fresh, you'd actually get more done. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got quite a quite a large online presence, Jason. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you kind of got to uh, got to that, in, in terms of building it up, building an audience, um, and and what your advice would be for people who want to, you know. Um, start building audience online well, it, no matter what you do it's all about delivering content and value to whoever's watching you once you start adding more value to 
to the person that's watching you, you'll gain more traction because the more interested they are, the more they then share the stuff that you talk about with others that then engages more following. So as soon as you, for instance, you, you want to set up a photography business, let's just take that for example, and you start taking pictures and start posting pictures, all of a sudden you'll, you'll start, and you, if you talk about what people have got to understand, if you want to set up a photography business, for instance, and you've taken a picture of this background, for instance, some people want to see the picture, but most people want to see how you've taken that picture, where the camera was, like behind the lens. And that's that's stuff that you've got to understand. You've got to give them the content and the value of how you've taken this picture, not the picture itself. And it's the same with anything in, in business or how to grow. Some people, for instance, you're, talk, you're on a podcast here today. Some people might be interested not about this podcast, for instance, but how you started a podcast. So when you start documenting behind the scenes of the podcast of of the equipment that you've got how you get that how you set up all this streaming and stuff like that and that starts to engage more following because some followers will be interested in how you've done it and how you're doing it instead of what you're actually doing so it's all it's all about just engaging and, and offering free content but don't give them everything just give them enough if you look at red bull for instance red bull hardly ever advertise on tv but what they do sponsor are motorbikes flipping through the ceiling, soapbox races, all this fun, high energy stuff. And when you look at Red Bull, what does that associate with? You think that, well, that automatically associates with high energy. So you want something for high energy. The first thing you reach for is a Red Bull. Does Red Bull do any different to a can of Coke? Probably not much. It's probably got the same amount of stuff in it, but that's the market that they that they go for, that high energy thing. And the, the market is the 17, I think it's 18 you have to be now to buy it, 18 year olds to 22 is to give you that high energy and that's their market and that's what they then put all their content on, is all about high energy activity, so you think that Red Bull gives you wings, does Red Bull give you wings? No it doesn't, it just gives you a caffeine shot, probably like a coffee Jason, you've obviously built a very large following on social media and you know, all your content you know, is really inspirational, it adds value, I think that a lot of young people are perhaps focusing on the number of likes and perhaps giving up a little bit too easily and maybe thinking a little bit too much about the number of likes rather than, you know, um, adding value. Talk us through your your strategy. Who cares what likes you get? On my Instagram, I could post a picture of my car. I could get a thousand likes. I could post a picture of me talking business. I get 10 likes. It's it's what's the with you can't be beat up about what likes you get likes likes mean nothing. It's all about value of the content. If you sat there and gave content away every single day, people will find more value of that than they would if you if you didn't do it. And you might not think your content's getting places, but oh, after time, the more you keep doing it. And the problem is most people do it for a week and, and see no results. A bit like weight loss. People try it for a week, think, no, I haven't lost a stone. I give up. I'm not doing it. Where they've got to understand that it takes time. Some people deliver content for years. Then it eventually takes off and people then start to notice and start to see it. It takes time to build a following on social media. It takes time but and it takes effort. And you've got to do content and stuff like that all the time. Obviously, Jason, you've been through some real hardship, struggles, challenges in your life. And there's no doubt that what you've been through 
Um, you know, other people, you know, are uh, have have either been in that same situation, probably worse, or maybe not as bad as you know as as the stuff that you've been through. Um, reflecting on those experiences and coming out of it, and and successfully, you know, building your way back to you know an amazing career so far and everything you've built. Um, you know, what would be your advice for those that are currently experiencing hardship? Um, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of people have lost their job, have lost their livelihoods. What would be your advice to them? To look in the mirror and understand they've got one life. And if they're sitting there feeling sorry for themselves, they're the only person that can change it. There's people out there that are going for a lot worse than them, but it's all in their mind to make them them do it. There'll be people that are that are dying that wish that they did something years ago, or they ask their grandparents. There's probably stuff that they wish they did in their lifetime that they never did, and you've got someone that that's lost their job, for instance. Okay, you've lost your job. Situation's terrible. You've got no money, but what's laying in your bed, playing on your phone, going to change that situation? It's not going to change it. Are you dropping your CV into every single place that you walk down the street? Are you applying for every single job online? Are you actively searching and, and talking to people about jobs? What are you actually doing? Or are you just waiting what are you waiting for? You're waiting for someone to walk in and say, here you go, son, here's a, here's a job. Off you go. Go and go and get a new job where you have to get up and do it. And I understand it's hard for people to, to do that. And it's hard for them to understand, but without them actually wanting to get up and do it, it's very, it's very difficult to change the situation. And if you don't change anything, nothing will change. And, and it has to start with yourself and actually getting off up your ass and going out to, to make that happen. If you're unhappy in your job, change your job. No one's going to walk in and say, by the way, one day, oh, I've just given you the job that you've always wanted. Go and make that happen. Or you want to go and learn something, go and learn it. You want to make more money. Well, find something that gives you a passion that you can then make more money from. Don't just sit around and complain. If you go on a pub on a Friday night and there's a table of five blokes, they're all moaning about all the work they've done all week. And now they're unhappy at home and their missus is moaning. Well, you're just going to be the sick person that's going to be sat there moaning about your your missus, moaning that you made no money because you're doing the same thing. Do something different. Jason, thank you so much for uh, talking to us today. It's much appreciated telling us your inspirational story, the lessons you've learned, the experiences that you've gained. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, hopefully we'll uh, speak to you soon.